to another episode of Inspire for Five, the Singularity U Australia podcast, where we're looking at how technology is meeting humanity's needs and we're solving some of the world's greatest challenges, but we're also making impacts and inroads into improving the lives of people in our community. Today, we're speaking with Miladin Yovanovitch, who is the COO and co-founder of Bindi Maps. We had the pleasure of hosting Bindi Maps in our grand final for the Global Impact Challenge that was recently run in Australia. And what they're all about is helping vision-impaired people live much more independent lives. Vision impairment impacts lives in many different ways. It can make you feel very lonely, shut off from the rest of the world. There's a loss of independence. Uh, and one of the examples that Bindi Maps did use was having to find the toilet in a shopping centre, in a major shopping centre, or at a university, or anywhere where you're going. And what Bindi Maps does is it is it helps people find through the use of sensors and through the use of navigational tools. Well, it is a navigational tool for indoor spaces. It's a bit like Google Maps for indoors. Uh, and this product has been developed with the assistance of O&M specialists at Guide Dogs New South Wales to provide contextual information, hazard alerts, um, and make it interpretable into a language that is understood by those in the vision impaired community. So let's get into it. This week's podcast, we're speaking with Maladin from Bindi Maps. Maladin, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you very much, Christina. It's a pleasure. And what we're going to do is we're actually going to ask you five W questions. So our Inspire for Five theme today for our listeners is the five W's. Uh, and the first question I'm going to ask you is, who are you? Perfect. Great way to start. Um, so as you said, my name is Miladin Jovanovic and I'm the Chief Operating Officer and also a co-founder at Bindi Maps. Let's take a deeper dive into that question, Maladin. So we know that you are Maladin, we know that you work for Bindi Maps, but where? what's your experience? What's your background? How did you get to where you are? Uh, interesting question, actually. Um, so bit of a background on myself. I went through, um, after I finished high school, I went through, I started working as a security guard. From there, I went into construction. Um, and then that's when I started university and I went through my university degree. And then towards the end, I started my first software company, um, which I went on to Denmark to actually win the Startup World Cup for the ICT category with. Now, from then, once I got back to Sydney, I started working closely with one of the senior lecturers at UTS, Dr. Anna Wright. And through working with her, I actually made my way into Bindi Maps. So what Bindi Maps is, Bindi Maps is an indoor navigation tool which has been optimised for people who are vision impaired or blind. So think Google Maps but for indoor spaces and with a focus on helping people without sight navigate the indoor space. So another metaphor for this is imagine having a friend sitting on your shoulder talking you through your experience as you're walking through a shopping centre or a university or or something like that. And the focus is on on people that are sight impaired or completely blind? Correct. So so for both. So people who are vision impaired or blind. So what we're trying to do at Bindi Maps is we're really trying to solve a colossal problem. So vision impairment impacts lives in many, many different ways. But we found through research that there's several commonalities across all cases. So, for example, loneliness, people feel shut off from the rest of the world. There's a loss of independence, so people require a guide when navigating any unfamiliar spaces. And there's a high cognitive load, so they must constantly analyse their surroundings so their brain is being used to its full capacity. So 
what we're trying to do is we're, we're really trying to restore a sense of independence in people's lives and allow them to have the freedom to do what they want when they want. So imagine you had to ask someone to come with you every time you wanted to go to a shopping centre or, or any unfamiliar place. So that's we're trying to we're trying to restore that independence and allow allow people who are blind or vision impaired or you know short sighted to to be able to do everything that me and you take for granted. That's fantastic, and I think you've just answered my second W question, which is what do you do at Bindi Maps? Um, so the third question I've got for you, my third W is where did it all start? How did the concept of Bindi Maps actually evolve? Well, the initial idea for Bindi Maps was conceptualised by my co-founder, Dr. Anna Wright. So Anna was diagnosed with a rare type of vision impairment in the early 2000s, and that really got her thinking about, you know, how she'll be able to integrate into society as a blind person. Um, As you can imagine, a lot of scary thoughts started coming to mind, you know, such as how will I look after my children, how will I go to work, and so on. So again, the problems being faced here are more psychological side of it. So as the technology caught up, we were able to realise the vision of Bindi Maps and actually tackle these issues of loneliness, depression, loss of independence, etc. in a way which we thought was best, you know, through through indoor navigation. That's fantastic. So, and, and what we find is with most entrepreneurs, something comes through necessity um, and there is a, there's a backstory behind every business that, that is born. Um, why are you there at Bindi Maps? What is it about the whole business, entrepreneurial spirit and co-working with Anna um, that attracted that attracted Miladin Ivanovic to, to work in this field? Mm-hmm. Well, I started working with Anna on Bindi Maps as she came out of the She Starts program, which is, um, which is an accelerator which is run by Blue Chili. Uh, so after helping out with a few things on the commercialisation side of things for the business and after it conducting a few research interviews with people who are vision impaired, the passion for solving the problem actually really set in. I mean, we live in one of the wealthiest countries in the world and yet you hear stories of how unequipped we are as a nation to cater to people who are blind or vision impaired. I hear stories personally of how universities are unable to guide people from the entrance of the building to a restroom or how some people in retail stores don't know how to approach someone who is blind when they enter their shop. So they pretty much just avoid the situation altogether. They duck behind counters, they go out the back, they do something to avoid the situation because they they don't know how to deal with it. So some of the smartest people in the world are blind. You have Jacob Bolton, who is the world's first blind licensed physician, or you have Ralph Teedle. He's a blind man who invented cruise control in your car. He built a car out of spare parts. He created a new kind of fishing rod and reel, a new locking mechanism, and he actually invented a new method of balancing steam turbine rotors in torpedo boat destroyers. So these people are able to do all these sorts of things and, and we can't get them from an entrance of a building to the restroom. <laughs> it's ridiculous. We're sending people to the moon and, in my opinion, this, this just isn't fair. That's amazing, isn't it? That, that, and then I think about you've reminded me of the story about Helen Keller who was deaf, dumb and blind. Um, and some of the inspiring work that um, that she completed and that she has stimulated That's from, right. through her through adversary comes great um, great conquering great confidence. That's right. When do you think then? So my fifth question is: When do you think that technology will catch up and be able to solve our problems? As you said, you know we can send a man to the moon. We can do the most amazing things now with autonomous vehicles when do you think technology will catch up 
um, with the problems surrounding those people that are vision impaired or blind so that we can live a normal life or we can or everybody is able to live that that life I use the term normal um, a little hesitantly because my normal is different to other people's normal is different to your normal etc mm-hmm. um, but but to live a fulfilling uh, and complete life as you say I can't imagine what it must be like not to know where the restroom is when I go into a shopping center well that's right and that's that's just some things people take for granted so personally I think the technology is here the technology has caught up. We've got, you know, um, ultra-wideband, um, we've got Bluetooth, we've got so many different technologies that can be used as sensors and, and as platforms to guide people. But as a nation, I don't see that much awareness being brought about the, the problem. So, Milan, we hear a lot about um, convergence these days uh, and how different technologies are converging to to solve some of the world's greatest challenges, the biggest problems that we face. What are some of those technologies that we might be able to look for to create a convergence with to, to help alleviate the problems that you're looking at? So how many different technologies exist out there um, where we might find the solution? Well, look, there's there's plenty of technologies that exist. So we are personally, we, we are focusing on Bluetooth because we found that, you know, with the right amount of Bluetooth sensors within an indoor space, we're able to get very, very, very accurate and high-performance technology, whereas some people are focusing on Wi-Fi, some people are focusing on using the Earth's magnetic field. I mean, there's there's so many different combinations of technologies that you can use, um, especially with 5G coming out now. People have, you know, these thoughts that the technology is going to be that advanced, that it's going to be able to go through walls, it's going to be able to do all these sorts of things. So it's... Again, it's just a matter of finding the right mix. And technology is always going to improve. There's always going to be, you know, the new up-and-coming thing, the new, you know, the new shiny thing on the stand. But it, I think we're at that point now where we're actually able to solve this problem just with the right amount of help from people who are knowledgeable in these fields. Like we need, we need more people focusing on these problems, and that's exactly what we're trying to do. We've put, we put together a team of absolutely phenomenal people um, within within our company that are actually focusing on solving this problem. So I, I actually think we're at that point now, to be honest. Which is fantastic that a, that a company like Bindi Maps that's been born out of, um, you know, an accelerator program. I have a lot of respect for what comes out of Blue Chili uh, and Anna's, Anna's background in why she actually started the business and that people like you have seeing the amazing capacity and the amazing worth and how that there is a need and a gap in the market. You know, it's that whole innovation through necessity. Um, mm-hmm. I think it's, it's wonderful that you have gathered those minds um, and the brains together in order to be able to serve um, this problem and to come at it. Uh, wouldn't it be really nice if there was the financial support, I guess, that you need as well in order to move this forward? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Of course. Well, lucky for us, you know, we are we are a social impact business, so a lot of people are willing to get behind the cause, and we have actually raised a decent seed round, um, and now that's actually gotten us over the line to to create a commercially viable product, which we have gone out into the market, um, and we've got some actual very big retail stores on board. We were just out at Stockland in Wetherill Park. Um, we had guide dogs there doing a walkthrough of the area. We've just done a very big installation there. So, People are getting behind us um, and we are looking at opening a Series A towards the end of this year. 
um, just to start expanding things a lot quicker and just solving the problem quicker and, and, and refining the technology. And uh, again, we're, we're, on, we're on the trajectory of, of solving this problem, getting as close to solving this problem as possible by the end of the year by having a very, very stable product. And again, it's always going to improve. The technology is going to improve, but we're, we're always trying to be at the forefront of that high-performance indoor navigation tech. And if the fund, the funding will be there. I'm, I'm very confident that, you know, people are getting behind the cause and we've got we've got the numbers to prove that we're doing well. Um, so, so it's not a problem at all from our end, to be honest. That's absolutely fantastic. Can you just tell people, because what I found fascinating about Bindi Maps as well is the process um, that you went through, and I know we're probably up to question number six um, and we are in Spy for five, but let's just say that this is 5.2. Um, <laughs> What, what, is the, what is the process that you use, just so that some of our listeners can, can get a better understanding um, of how Bindi Maps actually works? Well, whenever we talk to people about installing Bindi Maps, we get a lot of questions from facilities managers and building owners around, you know, the com- complexity of installing such a system. Because when, when we tell them about what we're able to do, they go into, you know, oh, you're going to have to you know, start cutting out holes in the ceiling and, you know, running wires and all this sort of stuff, but it's actually not difficult at all. So the installation process can be broken down into three simple steps. So step one, we'd get the floor plans provided to us by the facilities management or a building owner, and we would map the placement of these little Bluetooth beacons on those floor plans. So step two, our, uh, our technicians would enter the site to install these beacons. Now, beacons are stuck onto ceilings using double-sided adhesive, so nothing is damaged internally. We use that 3M tape. So there's no drilling into ceilings and there's no wires required. And then step three, once everything, once all the infrastructure is installed, once the Bluetooth network is up and running, our team will just load all the software and all the content on the all the content into the back end. And we can push the site to the app store and it'll be live in the dogs will get some um, that community to come into a walkthrough and ensure that everything is running smoothly. It's it's that simple for for a you know three thousand square meter office level. It takes us thirty minutes to put up the beacons and a couple of hours just to load the content and everything is ready to go. So how long does the whole process take you up from where to go say? So let's say we're dealing with your your standard installation of you know two thousand square meter office floor. We will get everything up and running within the day if we have, if facilities management or, or the building owner, if they if they are on board with it and they help us and they provide the floor plans, we can get everything done within a day. That's absolutely fantastic, Maladin. It's been an absolute pleasure speaking with you, uh, and I'm sure our listeners will be inspired. And I think what we really want to do is make people think about um, different technologies, how they can be used to create a better world for everybody. Uh, and, and start thinking about groups of people that potentially we don't consider. So, you know, who would know that a, I know the first time I heard you speak, um, to actually consider that a sight-impaired person might have difficulty finding a restroom really struck a chord with me. So I, you know, congratulations on everything that Bindi Maps is achieving and we'll be really interested to follow your story. Yeah, Christina, thank you very much for having me on the podcast. And um, just on that, it's another thing that, you know, people do take for granted and that's exactly what we're all about. We're just trying to raise more awareness about the problem and, and just make people make people think and just get them on board with, you know, solving this issue. Thanks, Maladin. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you very much, Christina. Mm-hmm.